1: Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Thursday night. We look ahead to Sunday, and I'm looking even past that because I'd rather take on the Chiefs than the Bengals in the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll get back to the phone lines and all that kind of stuff. And um, a couple of interesting things that came out today, including Avante Maddox. Back at practice, Elliot Shore Parks was there. He joins us now to tell us what he saw there and give us his thoughts. on Avante is going to play. Elliot, how you doing tonight? What up, Joe? How you doing? Well, I'm doing well, and I mean it's starting to feel. Thursday's always that day. Like Wednesday and a Thursday, it starts to feel like we're close now. Are you, are you there? Are you starting to feel like we're we're almost we're almost at kickoff now? Yeah,
2: I'm. I'm ready for this game to start. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, coming off the Giants game Monday was fun to talk about the game. Tuesday, you know, you know, you're still kind of talking about it. But as of now, like. I've made up my mind on who's gonna win this game. I've broken it all down. I'm ready just to see how it plays out.
1: I am too, Elliot. And so so where are you on, on the matchup and the game? I mean I, I would say this is the obviously the toughest fa- test they faced all year, but I just keep coming back to the, the two advantages they should have. One without question is home field advantage. And that will, as long as the game is close, the crowd will be into it and raucous. And the other one is the quarterback advantage. Like those two things feel like enough to me to swing what uh, everywhere else seems even.
2: Yeah. You know, I think that with the 49ers, you're right. It's the toughest team they will have faced. It's the toughest matchup. Sirianni will probably have since he became head coach uh, of the Eagles. So I think when you hear all that, the natural inclination is to think, Oh, well the Niners must be better than the Eagles. But that's not the case. The Eagles are better than the Niners. It might be the toughest opponent they've faced, but it doesn't mean they're better. And it really doesn't even mean it has to be close. I mean, if you think about, the, the just compare the two rosters, right? The Eagles have the better offensive line. They have the better defensive line. They have the better quarterback. They have the better wide receivers. They have the better cornerbacks. I mean, the Niners in the middle of the field, the linebackers and safeties are probably better. Definitely a linebacker. But safeties, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you know, almost led the NFL in interceptions, or at least was close to it until he, he got hurt. So, yeah, you know, I look at this and I go, could the Niners win? Of course the Niners could win. Anything could happen. It's the NFC Championship. But ultimately, the Eagles have the advantage at all the important positions. And That starts in the trenches and the quarterback position. So, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't even think it has to come down to home field advantage. I think they'd win this game in San Francisco. But the fact that it's in Philadelphia clearly is an advantage, and I think they're going to win the game.
1: Elliot, let's talk about style. I mean, just a few minutes ago, as you'd expect, it's WIP. got a call saying they got established to run and run the ball early in the game. (laughs) But I look at this, and the Niners don't allow anyone to run the ball. And they allow deep passes. I mean, what's your guess on how the Eagles come out? I mean, last week they got a big lead, so they kept running. But obviously they thought they could run the ball well on the Giants, and they could. I, I feel like the path this week might be take shots down the field with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith.
2: Yeah, so I'll give you what's probably the lame answer, but the right answer, and then I'll give you what I what I would do. Okay. The lame answer that's the right one is they're going to do whatever they think works best. Mm-hmm. As much as I've been saying, you know, throw the ball each week, throw the ball. They're a team that is willing to come out and run it if they think they have the matchup there, and if they think the matchup is throwing it, they'll come out and do and do that. So if you know if this was week seven, I think we could have a long debate about what's better for them to do. But ultimately, with one game, I think they do what 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 got them. To this game, and that's doing whatever the defense gives them. So, in terms of whether they'll come out running or throwing, you know, I I I think that depends where they think they have the matchup. Now, I do think they want to try to hit downfield early to try to get a lead because if they can get a lead on this team, and you can make Brock Purdy drop back more, that's a good thing. The Niners, I, I believe, they're like 17th in the league. And uh, big plays allowed like that, uh, you know, they've allowed the most, I I should say. So the 17th most. So they are they're a team that has struggled to to stop teams from getting down the field. And the Eagles are a team that has liked to jump on uh, teams early. You think about A.J. Brown's big touchdown early against Pittsburgh, uh, Devontae against Washington,
1: Devontae against
2: New York. Right. They like to throw the ball down the field to get a lead early. And I think that's probably what they'll try to do on uh, Sunday.
1: Ellie, what worries you the most? The, w- the one thing I was thinking about, and I think it's something we talked about earlier this season. And I-, I watched a video today. Emmanuel Ocho put up a video of kind of like, you know, the Eagles are really good, but if if there's one way to attack them, and and he, he kind of went back to that play um, against the Packers when Watson ran that- kind of that crossing pattern, and then Blankenship took a bad angle, and he just ran past everybody. Yeah. And we know all these Niners guys are fast and strong. And then I remember we talked during the year about the Eagles and tackling. Like, I don't think any team's going to throw the ball over the Eagles' head. It's just they're too good and, and they're too sound and well coached. But that—if I have one worry—it's that Debo or McCaffrey, one of those guys, takes a slant and they—they they get through everybody, and it, all of a sudden it's a big play that came out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, I mean the Eagles have been a, a good tackling team. I think for the for the most part, you're right that when the defense has struggled, that, that has been the issue. Um, you're also right that they're not going to try. To, they're not going to get over the Eagles' head. I think at this point the defensive system. Is too sound to allow that. So, yeah, they're going to keep the game in front of them. Uh, you know, they're going to hope that the defensive line can, can get to Purdy to the point where it's checkdowns and, you know, Debo and Brandon Ayuk aren't catching these passes, you know, 12 yards down the field and then running. So, yeah, I really think it all begins, uh, with the defensive line and then the linebackers are going to have to tackle well. Like that's the key. I mean, if those two things happen, if they can get to Purdy and get him off his game early and the linebackers tackle well, I mean, they could hold this offense to you know 17 or you know 13 points or something. Like, there's a real chance they could have a really good, a really good day as a defense. But it's going to begin with getting Purdy early. And then making sure they can't, you know, these completions are short as opposed to more down the field.
1: Elliot, what, what's the vibe down there this week? I mean, we did, we had this conversation last week, and and you said that you felt like they, they 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 were the kind of normal, right? It was a normal week, but this yeah. is different. It just, I think we all realized like last week was like a lightweight coming in. This is this is a heavyweight battle. I mean, the, the Niners are yeah. a worthy opponent and a true number two seed to the Eagles. One, what's the vibe down there? Do you sense it normal? Does it feel like a bigger week down there?
2: You know, I I think the sense I get is they feel ready. They don't seem intimidated by the moment. Um, You know, the vibe in the locker room feels the same. They're loose. They're they're joking around with the people they normally joke around with. Uh, You know, a lot of players are speaking at the podium this week, and the guys that are speaking there, you know, Fletcher, uh, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, They've been here before, and I think that's a, it's a real advantage, not just for the players. I mean, you know, some of the staff has been, has been this type of thing, just people that, you know, how he's been, been in this situation. So I think they feel prepared. I think they feel ready, and I think coming off that big game against the Giants, I think they have their confidence back. So, you know, again, the Niners are going to have to play a really almost flawless game to beat these Eagles, this Eagles team. I really think the Eagles are going to come out and, uh, and play their best game.
1: Elliot, what's your expectation for the crowd, the noise level? You know, Fletcher talked about it today. Kelsey talked about it today. You were obviously there covering the NFC Championship game in 2018, January 2018 against the Vikings. You
2: know, I, I will say, Joe, quickly, I think we should all just call it the 2017 Championship game. Like, we know it took place in 2018.
1: It was the 2017 season. It's a small thing of mine. But I'm, I think I'm we with all you on this. Other well, we do, just right? It's
2: 2017. Yeah.
1: I like, like that because it, yeah. it, it bleeds into the next year, and then you try to get it right. Yeah. All right, so you were there for the 2017 NFC Championship game here, not wherever it was actually in 2017. We all know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> give me your thoughts on that night, how loud it was, the atmosphere, and what you expect this weekend.
2: Yeah, I expect it to be crazy there. Um, you know, I do think in 2017 there was a uh, kind of an expectation going into the game of well, like a looseness amongst the fans because they were underdogs. There was a confidence that they would do well, but I think it was mostly just a party, you know, celebrating the team. I do wonder if there'll be a little bit more of a nervous energy at the stadium this time around. They are favorites in the game. Uh, you know, they, they were favorites last week. This is not the underdog mentality as much as, you know, sometimes fans want to try to paint that they can use things as a chip on their shoulder. But sure, it'll be loud. And, you know, I think a, a, a lead early is absolutely huge to keep the uh, keep the fans in it. And, uh, you know, Nick talked today about how he really wants the fans to get loud when Purdy's on the field. And I think early on, that's going to happen. The question is, if the 49ers get ahead and there's frustration with Gannon's defense, how long that'll last?
1: Elliot, what's the latest on Avante? I saw you had a video at his locker today. He he was at practice. What's your gut telling you? Is Avante Maddox ready? Yeah. Close to ready? What are you thinking here?
2: It looks to me like he's going to play. Uh, he, you know, We're only allowed in a portion of practice, but he was running around out there. Looked good. Uh, talked to him at his locker. Seemed in good spirits. you know wasn't walking with a limp or didn't have, you know, wrap on his ankle or anything like that. In fact, if he wasn't injured, if if you didn't know he was injured, I don't think anybody would have any idea watching him move and how he talks. So maybe they hold him for the Super Bowl just because, you know, they've been going with Reed at safety and and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson obviously at nickel. But I think he'll be active and, uh, you know, I I think he'll play. And I think Chauncey will probably move back to
1: safety. Elliott, uh, we're talking about Elliott Shore Parks here as we get ready for the NFC Championship game. Last week, Jalen ran a little bit, and he certainly wasn't shy about getting hit, which made me feel good that he's feeling better, you know, the best he has in a while here. I think his legs could be a big part of this thing. What, what do you think about him running this week? Because the Niners have allowed some quarterbacks to run, and the yeah. Mar- Mariota did it. And then I just think about the way Hurts played last year. And and one of the things he did well was, you know, when it was a tight window, and he didn't trust what he was seeing. He took off and he ran and he, he converted first downs with his legs. And I wonder if we kind of see some of that this weekend against a great defense. Instead of maybe forcing it and throwing a pick, he picks up the first downs with his legs. Do you think we see more Jalen running this weekend?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, there's so much talk in this city about, well, the Eagles haven't played anybody. Gannett's defense hasn't beaten anyone. Well, you could say the same thing for the Niners. I mean, they've played slightly better quarterbacks, but you mentioned it. Mariota ran all over them. If I'm not mistaken, Justin Fields ran all over them. Like, they've had trouble – with you know mobile quarterbacks this year, and you mentioned Jalen kind of tucking it and running it as opposed to taking chances. I think the key to this game is turnovers. If there were no turnovers in this game, I think the Eagles could win it by 10 plus. Like I think the Eagles, in terms of just executing their offense versus the Niners defense and vice versa, I think they're better. The only way this gets in, this gets close is if the Eagles make mistakes. The Niners rely on people making mistakes, they're turning the ball over, the quarterback making bad decisions, fumbling when, fumbling it when he's running it. So. I think you'll see Jalen move. I think you'll see him, uh, you know, be the normal kind of, I don't want to say conservative because he takes chances down the field, but the normal smart quarterback he is with, with the ball. And, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a good day against the Niners.
1: All right, Elliot, let's end with this. I, I, I don't know if you've given your opinion on this yet on all the Go Birds shows or any time you were on, uh, on WIP this week, but I, I brought it up tonight. Some people are afraid of this conversation because they just want to wait until Sunday at 7 o'clock. I'm not afraid of it. Who would you rather play in the Super Bowl? I would rather play the Chiefs. I Burrow scares me more than Mahomes and I think there's something awesome about the Eagles playing Andy Reid in Angelo's final weeks here at WIP <laughs> that is just it's too good to pass up. Who would you rather play?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it's two people that love football and love content. I don't think there's any question that the Chiefs would be the the more exciting team, but but I'll say this, I'll take it a step further cuz I do agree with you. I I think the Chiefs would be a better matchup for the Eagles also. I think they have a better chance to win it, but you know, I think this weekend it could be the end of Patrick Mahomes being the unquestioned best quarterback in the NFL. I think for the last few years, you know, there's been, there's always discussion about who the best quarterback is, but pretty much everyone will go, yeah, it's Mahomes and then it's everyone else. I think that ends this weekend. If Burrow goes in and, uh, and beats Mahomes and moves to 4-0 and against him, you know, what argument is there for Mahomes to be better? If Jalen then beats Cincinnati the following week and wins the Super Bowl at 24 years old and does everything you need in a quarterback today – what argument is there really for Mahomes at that point over over Hurts? They'd be tied in Super Bowls, right? So I think that after a kind of a three-year stretch where he frankly blew it, right, in terms of a chance to add to his Super Bowl and his legacy, I think this weekend could be the end of Mahomes as like the unquestioned best quarterback in the league.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and I think Burrow will take the crown at least to the Super Bowl and then maybe against Jalen Hurts uh, that they, they battle for it. Elliot, I appreciate you hopping on. I'm sure I'll see you Sunday down at the link, and uh, I can't wait for then, and, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, There he goes. Elliot Short-Parks. How about that? And I, I agree with him. If Joe Burrow goes into Kansas City and wins on Sunday, I do think, well, whether or not it's fair, I mean, you know, we, you could have your opinion the other way. I do think the way we talk about Patrick Mahomes as the unquestioned number one quarterback in the NFL, I think Elliot's right, it ends. Because Joe, I mean, if Joe Burrow beats him four times in a row, including twice back-to-back in in Kansas City. have you? Uh, did you see what the Bengals players are calling Arrowhead now? Uh, Burrowhead. Burrowhead. I mean, if he wins back-to-back title games there, I think they have to rename the stadium. Is that just the way it works? I think it is. Yeah. Um, What do you think about that? If Burrow wins, is Mahomes' reign, not statistically, just the way we talk about him, is it over as the unquestioned number one quarterback? I think it is.
3: It would just be weird because we think of him on a, completely different level than every other quarterback. I mean, you look at what he's done. This is going to be his fifth straight AFC title game. He's hosted all of them. He's won two AFC titles. He's won a Super Bowl. And I know if Joe Burrow goes back to the Super Bowl and beats Patrick Mahomes, he has his number, but I don't know. Isn't there a world where we can say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback, but he can't beat Joe Burrow? But this one matchup, just for some reason, he can't figure out. Well, we can't. But that I think that's where. Is that too nuanced for sports radio. Well,
1: I, I, but I think that's where the the but ch- has changed the conversation, right? That there used to be no buts. It was just Mahomes, and maybe we throw Rogers in there for a couple of these years. But it's been no, it's been no buts. There was ends, but now there's buts. That that's what changes things. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop in. All right, I've just hopped in the car. I was making the case earlier, and I'm very curious where everyone lies on this. I'd rather take on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm thinking about this from the Eagles' perspective, from what I want. I'd rather play the Chiefs. And and, and it's not because Mahomes is banged up. I I mean, I'm expecting three weeks from now Mahomes' ankle to be in a better place than it is for this Sunday. This is not about health. I would rather take on the Chiefs for two reasons. Number one, Joe Burrow scares me more than Patrick Mahomes. I would rather take on Mahomes and Kelsey than Burrow – And all his guys. I mean, from Chase to Boyd to Higgins, those guys are ridiculous. And they just went into Buffalo and went one, and they feared nobody. I'd rather take on the Chiefs for that reason. And I want to put closure to the Andy Reid era. It's part of it because I think it'd be awesome to listen to Angelo for his final couple weeks yelling about Andy Reid one more time. I do. Do you
3: Uh, think whoever loses that Super Bowl should retire? Between Andy and Angelo? Yeah. Career versus career. Pink slip on a pole match? I mean, it kind of stinks because Angelo's going to retire anyway. Anyway, but... yeah.
1: It'd be, it'd be amazing if that wasn't, um, you know, like, everyone didn't know about that. It was like this out of nowhere. And
3: Andy Reid ends Angelo Cataldi's career.
1: Yeah, would Andy play along like a wrestling heel?
3: I sure hope so. Yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, I
1: love the storyline. Plus, I do think it would give closure to the Andy Reid era, whether you were pro-Andy, whether you were anti-Andy, tired of Andy. If the Eagles end up with two Super Bowls to Andy's one, it, it really put, it, it puts the whole thing into perspective. I want the Chiefs this year, but who do you want, Chiefs or Bengals? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 9494. Sam is up on WIP. Hey, Sam. Hey.
2: Hey, Sam. Um, hey, I'm getting a little annoyed because you guys are jumping ahead to who would you rather play, Mahomes or Burroughs. So let's just focus on Sam Fran. And here's a question that no one's asking.
1: Okay.
2: I'm going to try to put it delicately. But I noted the Eagles' defense is thinking this. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is a third-string quarterback. What happens if, for example, Sweat just pancakes them play one? Well, Who's then their stringer. Uh, it's a direct it's, snap it to CD. Lamb no, or what?
1: No, it's Josh Johnson, the career journeyman. Josh Johnson is their fourth-string quarterback. You know what? That might test the limits, Sam, of uh, of how good Kyle Shanahan is. Can he move the ball with Josh Johnson? <laughs> I don't think so.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm going to the game. I got my son. I'm going with my brother and my uh, nephew. And it's going to be loud. And we're going to get in Purdy's ear. And I'm hoping that they squash him.
1: Well, listen, Sam, I'm, I'm putting it on you. you got to get that crowd revved up, all right, Sam? Get, make sure it is loud in there. It's on you. I will do my best. E
2: A G. L-E-S,
1: Eagles. There we go, Sam. Enjoy it on Sunday. Yes, I expect it to be very, very, very loud in there on Sunday. And we just, you know, I asked Elliot there um, about the, the 2017, uh, which I, I, I think Elliot's probably right on that. We're tripping ourselves up. The 2017 season title game, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The Vikings game. It was loud in there. And when Patrick Robinson had the pick six. It was as loud as any football stadium that you, know, you could hear on TV that I've heard. I mean, it was, it was extremely loud, and I expect that again this coming week. As far as – and I've gotten some messages here. There's some people uncomfortable with the conversation about who would rather play in the Super Bowl. When
3: exactly are we allowed to have this conversation? I think we should freeze the AFC title game, maybe push it back a day. Then
1: we come on the air.
3: And then we come on the air. Do a show. I don't know. We have to let the fifth quarter and Jack and Rob do their right. whole thing. 9.30, we'll come on. We'll do our thing until midnight. And then we radio out to Kansas City say, go ahead. You guys can do whatever you okay. we want. So we're done now. So
1: we'll put the call into Goodell. We can pause this conversation. We'll pick it.
3: I mean, like, I I get it. I mean,
1: the Eagles, me and Tucker and you and everyone who's who's chiming in on this, we're not playing for the Eagles on Sunday. Okay? Like, none of us are playing. We we, we are allowed to look ahead. We're fans. It's okay. I promise you, as I, uh, a listener, and he listens a lot, and he's, he's a good guy, he sent me a message saying, if the Eagles – Lose, it's my fault because I brought this up. I looked ahead. I mean, If you want to blame me, you can blame me. I, I, assu- I mean, you wanted to put it all on Jalen Hurts if they lose last night. I assure you this is more on Hurts and Sirianni and all the guys that we talked Feels talk like
3: about. a good poll. If the Eagles lose, who is it on? Joe Giglio or Jalen Hurts? It's fine. I
1: mean, if you want to blame me for it. I'm just – I'm curious what people think because I want to face the Chiefs. I If I have my, my way – and my preference, it would be the Chiefs. And I don't think anything will change the outcome of Sunday's game. Like it, I don't believe in that stuff. Like, well, we haven't won this game yet. We, I don't care. I mean, they're going to play the game on Sunday, and the game will go as the game goes. I believe the Eagles are going to come out victorious, and I think it's going to be a hard game. Like I, I'm not, I'm not overlooking the opponent. I mean, more, I looked overlook the Giants. I mean, I'm not overlooking the Niners. That team is outstanding. I saw a. Um, I think it was, I forget what they called it. ESPN put it up a week or two ago, three ago, the 100 most valuable players in the NFL this season. And they ranked all the players in the NFL on the 100 most valuable players. And I was, and this was before we knew it would be Eagles-Niners. But I, I kind of made a mental note of it because I was amazed at the number. So I, I, I read the list and I, and I counted. So of the 100 most valuable players in the NFL, 19 of those players are Eagles or Niners. I don't know if you're going to get a, a game with more talent on, on the field than this Sunday. I'm sure there was a good amount of Chiefs and Bengals, and I'm sure they had you know five, six, seven each at least. But I don't know if you get a game with more talent. And If I remember, I think it was like 11 Eagles, 8 Niners, or 12 Eagles, 7 Niners. Uh, I know Baldy a couple days ago said this is going to be the best football game of the season. This might be the – the quarterback obviously changed to Tucker, but this might be the game with the most – individual star players on the field all year.
3: Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's not really taking top billing among casual football fans, right? Because it's Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Quarterbacks. Round two, I think, is what most people are kind of looking forward to for for Sunday. But, yeah, if you're a football nerd and you like offensive line play and you like defensive line play and you like running the ball and three yards in a cloud of dust and and front sevens and big hits, this is the game for you. I mean... It tends to happen once or twice a year. We have a, a game where you just are amazed at the just the high level of quality of play on each side of the ball. I think that's it this Sunday. I mean, I, I can't imagine two teams who are both incredibly healthy at this point in the season with this high of stakes, both coach incredibly well, both win in the trenches. I mean, this has the chance to be like that Eagles-Rams uh, game in 2017, like uh, you know Chiefs-Bills last yeah. year. Um, or even the year before in the postseason, this has a chance to go down as the game we remember from this season.
1: Yeah, I, there was a game the, the year the Niners played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl that they played the Saints in a crazy game in, in in New Orleans. That was I forget the score, but it was back and forth, and it was kind of the moment I realized the Niners were the best team in the conference. Every year has that one or two games that you remember, and it's not necessarily the Super Bowl. And I also think this could end up as the most physical game, like physical big game. Like, right, there's random games in week six between teams we're not watching that turn out to be very physical. This might be the most physical big game in a very long time. Like just the the players that are on both sides, the offensive line, the defensive line, the fact that Jalen Hurts plays physical as a quarterback, I think it has that, that kind of uh, potential on Sunday. 215-592-9494. That's how you for We'll come back. Your phone calls. Who would you rather play? The Chiefs. Or the Bengals of the Super Bowl, I would rather play the Chiefs. The storyline, Andy Reid closure on the Andy Reid era. I think their defense is more susceptible than the Bengals' defense, especially against the pass. And Joe Burrow scares me more than Patrick Mahomes. I said it; he scares me more than Patrick Mahomes. I'd rather play the Chiefs. How about you? We'll come back. Your calls. We have a guest from San Francisco coming on at nine, and we got to play this next because it is. I mean, once in a while, things just slip through the cracks, like really interesting things, and then they're brought to our attention. And something about the Eagles coaching staff and a connection to Brock Purdy that I had no idea about, I, I don't know, unless I saw this this morning, I would have never had any idea. The Eagles have a connection to Purdy, and it might give them a real advantage on Sunday. We'll, we'll have that for you next. 215-592-9494 on Sports Radio, 94 WIP. If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, there's still time to get in the game with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Force Casino, America's number one sportsbook. New customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up promo code G-I-G-L-I-O this weekend. $150 $150 of free bets? Give me A.J. Brown over receiving yards and a score touchdown. FanDuel is all your favorite bets in the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I really like the FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 of free bets Win or lose with promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop aboard on this Thursday night. We get ready for the NFC Championship game on Sunday and um, we have a guest coming on, 9 o'clock. I'm excited for this. So last night we had Joe Shasky from 95.7 The Game. And I would say, um, I think the best way to describe Joe is a fired-up fan who does a sports radio show out in San Francisco. Mark Grandy's going to join us. Also from that station, he seems a little bit more on the, uh, the analytical side, the, uh, the, the kind of thinking side of this matchup. So we'll get his thoughts on this game, 9 o'clock tonight. Excited to talk to Mark. coming up. Now, we're going to play Sirianni for you, what he had to say today. But first I want to play this for you. Um, Peter Schrager today, this is interesting. Peter Schrager today on Good Morning Football talking about the Eagles and kind of a, a secret X factor here in this matchup. I, I had no idea about this. I, I had zero idea about this until this morning. And, you know, I feel like for the most part, we know about the Eagles and their coaching staff and who's here and where they came from, their backgrounds. Like, I. It, Of all the cities in America to know about the assistant coaches, like, we know, right? We have an idea of who these guys are, which teams they were with, which coaches they were with, all that kind of stuff. Well, I didn't know this, and I found this fascinating, and and you'll hear it here. Here's Peter Schrager describing two Eagles coaches, their background, and how closely connected they are and have intel on Brock Purdy. Here with Schrager this morning, NFL Network.
0: Looks the X Factor in Sunday's NFC Championship game could very well be these guys. Who are these guys? That's DK McDonald, the assistant DB's coach. That's Tyler Scudder, the defensive assistant. Both DK McDonald and Tyler Scudder spent time in the past few years as coaches on the Iowa State Cyclones coaching staff. McDonald was the DB's coach at Iowa State. Scudder was a defensive assistant. They span from 2016 to 2021. McDonald and Scudder, Iowa State. What's if any coaches in the entire NFL have a read on what makes Brock Purdy tick? (laughs) What gets under his skin? Interesting. What could possibly rattle the kid who seemingly cannot be rattled? It's those two men.
1: So the Eagles have two coaches on their staff, not one, but two. That coach at Iowa State while Brock Purdy was there, what are the odds of that? Do you think there are any other NFL teams that currently have multiple Iowa State coaches from that span? No chance. <laughs> Zero chance. I mean, it's, it is – it is. and look, we, we're we diving deeper this week on indiv- these two individual games. That's why a story like this comes out. I mean, this, if this was week six, I don't even think he brings it up or, or even – it's a story. But it is amazing. Like We have a, a seventh-round pick, last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant Quarterback, who – no one, unless you watched the Big 12, really knew the heck this kid was. I mean, I remember his name, and he was like always somewhere in the Heisman Trophy stuff because he was supposed to be really good, and then he he never actually was that good in college. So I, I remember his name, but I was like, I watched him much, other than a couple maybe bowl games here or there. But like, no one knew who Brock Purdy was. He was the last pick in the draft, and there's not much intel on his game. Like, the Eagles don't have all this film. It's been six or seven games, yet they have two coaches on their own staff that they can ask about him. That is, it just feels like, how did that happen? Do you think Nick Sirianni saw this coming? You mean
3: like when he hired them? Yeah, and maybe he looked across the the country and saw San Francisco and didn't trust Trey Lance to stay healthy, didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy, and said, you know what? They might take a flyer on this Brock Purdy kid.
1: Well, if, if Sirianni's thinking that far ahead, then maybe the Eagles are in, in great shape for, for a long time at head coach. No, I don't think he knew that. I think this is just the most serendipitous thing ever. It can't hurt. I always wonder, like, you know when teams bring in a player that was just on another team, like a practice squad guy? You know, how much does that really help? I don't know. It can't hurt, though. Like, any intel, and, and as you heard Peter Schrager say there, they're both defensive guys. So I, I kind of like that because they have a perspective on him of – you know, maybe they weren't saying it out loud because they were in the same program as him. They know what his weaknesses are. They know what he struggled with. They know where the offensive coaches had to drill him, where he would make mistakes in practice. So it's just a little extra layer there that I think is is really just outstanding and can only help the Eagles. That that blew me away when I saw that just so um you know just a couple a couple hours ago on a Good Morning Football. That's good stuff. All right, Nick Sirianni today. Last press conference, or I guess he has one more tomorrow, but one of the last press conferences this week. Here's what I he to say about Maddox, practice, the mentality, everything going on. Here's Sirianni today on the Eagles niners game.
4: How y'all doing today? Good, yeah. I'm good. Hey, Nick, I know you put a lot of thought into messaging. Uh, with
1: this week, have you given it any extra thought? And you don't have to tell me exactly what you're going to do in team meeting, but...
4: Uh, no, no extra thought. I put a lot of thought into it every every week. Uh, I put a lot of thought. Really, I think I've told you guys that I do a lot of these thoughts like in the summer. And when I have some time so I can pick and choose messages, but things pop up in the year and then you and then you come up with different ones. And so, you know, put a normal amount of thought into it, just like just like anything um, and just like any of these other messages. And yeah, um, you know, it's, it's what we think is important for this week.
3: It's it's you about one, one of the advantages you have going into this game is the crowd. So what is your message to the
1: crowd to make things especially difficult for one of the toughest opponents you're going to face this
4: season? Yeah, you know, uh, somebody asked me last week what my message was to Jalen like, going into this game. It's his, his second playoff game, what's your message to Jalen? Be you. Um, so that would be my same message to, to our great fans, our great city, is just be you. Um, the reputation of being able, having to come into Philadelphia and play, um, is the reputation that we have because it is that it's intimidating and it's loud and it's um, and it's hype and and they, and they are they're passionate fans. We got great passionate fans, and so you know, be who you've been for your entire the entire time the Eagles have been here. Um, you know, I know Jonathan Gannon always jokes around about when he was in 2017. When he was uh, with the with the Vikings and they came into uh, Lincoln Financial in that NFC Championship game, he just every t- Jonathan is every time he talks by, he's like, "Whoa, that was intense!" And he and so he, we were talking about that, and so you know, make make the other team right. Where's the cameras? Make the other team say, "Whoa!" of how of how uh, like Jonathan Gannon did uh, in, five or six years ago. So um, that that'd be my message. Yeah
1: your as far as you're Two part, unless course. I'm sorry That's all good. unless you're concerned, mis- unless I'm
3: mistaken this is your first conference title game that you're coaching in right so do, do you consider this the biggest game that you're coaching in your career so far
4: no I think I think what you what you would know uh, about me and what our constant message always is is our biggest game is the next game. Um, that's the way I was raised in this profession. That's what, and when I say profession, I get raised by my dad who, who was a football coach, track coach, and um, and then just all the way through my career, is the biggest game is the next game. And and if you treat. If you treat one game bigger than what you, what, does the other games not matter? Right? If, does it not matter as much week eight? Then you know. So when you treat them all the same and you and you go through the same preparation each game, then you don't ride the roller coaster and the wave of the season. But that, that said, do you coach differently in a playoff game? Obviously, the stakes are higher. Uh, or do you kind of approach it like you said, just the same as any other game? Yeah, player? I know. I know you guys want me to say something different here. Like, hey, yeah, it's, this is the biggest one ever, and we're going to do. Th-. I'm not going to say that um, because then, like, like I said, like you, you, can't treat things differently. You know, now there's different rules. Like, with things with some different rules, maybe you treat a little bit different, right? Um, and and I speak of like the overtime thing and this and that. But you know, maybe you do, uh, maybe you don't. Like, but it's like. Um, again, you just, you go through your process of, of everything. Like what you do on, on this fourth down or what you do in this decision to to go for it here or do something there. You've been practicing that your the whole the your whole career, you know, all throughout the year and you've put yourself in those positions uh, and, and just still you know, it'd be like coming out with a brand new offense or a brand new defense. Like I know San Francisco is not doing that. We're not doing that. We're at a re- we're here for a reason, and you know, and we're going to stick to keep going with with what got us here. What did you change with special teams after the, the Packers game? Um, you know, what we we just got we just found our groove a little bit. Um, we found our groove a little bit. What I really thought was, you know, there was we were making we were playing good football on special teams, and there was a play here and there on each game and I wouldn't say each game there were games where we had really good games there was a play here and there that soured the the whole the the game right in, in our in our in our vision of what we thought was going on right and and so we're just being more consistent really is at the end of the day we're being more consistent Guys are doing a great job. Uh, we got some great guys that are ma- having some great individual efforts. You know, Zach Pascal, Zach McPherson, Josh Job, Christian Ellis. You know, guys are you know Kayvon Wallace. These guys are putting in you know really good work, and so guys are playing really good, executing really well. Coach Clay and the special teams uh, staff uh, is doing a nice job putting them in position to make plays. And and I just think that it's just that it's it's the it's the consistency throughout the entire game. Um. Yeah, I co- coached. Yeah, I, we had some good Mount Union teams. I, I'm, I mean, we were, we, were, we had some really good Mount Union teams. That's for darn sure. Um, and but yeah, this is in, in the NFL. This is the the most complete team that uh, that I've ever been around. Uh, you know, we were just I, and I really the thing that makes you say that, uh, Stacy, is that I've been taught from very young, that it's O-line, D-line, O-line, D-line, O-line, D-line, O-line, d It doesn't matter. It doesn't It doesn't matter if it's my son's peewee game. It doesn't matter if it's a high school game. It doesn't matter if it's a college game. It doesn't matter if it's a pro game. The O-line, D-line wins games, and it sets the tone. And we got a great defensive line. We got a great offensive line. And not only do we have these pieces in place there, we, we also understand that we have backups and we have rotations and guys ready to step in and make plays and guys that have stepped in to make plays. And, but we also know this about San Francisco. They got a great old line and D line. And, and, and that's, you know, you get to the NFC championship game. That's probably, is what, that's what it's going to look like. I haven't looked at Cincinnati and, or Kansas city, but I'm assuming it's similar. It's similar traits. And, um, and so it'll be a battle, and but yeah, a lot of credit to our line, D line, a lot of credit to Howie and how he's put how he's put this uh, this roster together and his staff. Um, you know, and and Coach Stout and Coach Rocker and, and Coach Wash. Um, you know, we got a lot of guys in place that are that are making it possible with those with those guys.
3: What have the uh, conversations been like with Gannon this week? To- try to get inside the head of Shanahan and do you, do you uh really geek out on that process is that something that you really it's, like to it's
4: similar to the other processes right it's 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 me being able to give him an offensive point of view of the things they're doing right and that and and that's been the same each week uh you know, obviously, uh, Coach Shanahan is an unbelievable football coach. We all know that. Everybody knows that. Uh, his record speaks for itself. His, his accompli- accomplishments speak for, speak for itself. And I just try to give Gannon the offensive point of view. He's the expert on defense. And I'm trying to give him an offensive point of view each and every week of, you know, what could potentially give us problems, what could in the run game or in the pass game or in protections, right? And so we talk through things just like that. And so it's been, you know, business as usual. Maddox was able to get out there yesterday a little bit and do some stuff for the first time in a
0: while. How did he come out of that practice? How did he feel
4: physically? You know, we're going to see a little bit more today. Uh, you know, we, we, again, we feel like he's on a, a tra- trajectory up, um, getting better every day. Uh, today we'll tell a little bit a little bit more. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, we're hopeful, and we'll, but we'll continue to see. Out there
2: the that you had with
4: It's just such a, a point in the game that's just that you know that I think the obsession is the obsession with detail, right? And that's with with everything. But it's like there's some things that you just look at, and it's like, can we get an edge here, right? Because maybe not everybody is in that does that, right? I remember. I remember when – it's different in college. So there's a college, there's a lot less situations. There's different things that happen because of the clock, because of some of the rules, all those different things. But, you know, Todd Haley would talk a lot about Bill Parcells. And, and, I, and I felt like he would talk a ton about him. And I feel like I would get a lot of information. I, I obviously learned a lot from Todd. Um, and then I felt like I was getting, like a, so, you know, just like somebody that's around me probably is like, man, I feel like I know Larry cares. Like I I'm getting stuff that, La- that Larry cares did, and, and, uh, and so similar with Todd. And so I remember like that one of one of the first training camp practices or training camp meetings, we had a big board with all the situations that we needed to hit. And we check them off. And then and it and, and that kind of continued and and Frank and I were really obsessed with it. And and I think that, you know, when we were in San Diego together, we were really obsessed with it. And then we took it to another level there with uh, you know with um with the with the Chargers of, of or pardon me, the Colts. And then it just it was just something that I don't know, something that I just got really interested in, and really, and we, and there's just a lot that you can. It's the other thing I find, Zach, is that I'm not. I'm in the offensive meeting all the time, correcting the tape. Hey, we got to do this here, or this there, or that there. And what I found with the um, situational thing is that's it's my way to it's my way to coach the entire team. Uh, you know, as a head coach should, right? And so, you know, when we're in here on situational Saturdays or what we call it situational Saturdays or teaching situations from the game, it's my way to do what I do with the offense to the special teams. It's my way to do what I do with the offense to the the defense. And so – um, yeah and, and we got a lot of guys that, that care that, that's that situational meeting that we have every week there's there's a lot of guys in there i mean and uh, you know my job is to groom coaches to be able to go and, and do it on their own as well and so there's a lot of guys in there and it, and it keeps growing and uh you know um but yeah we we are we're we're obsessed with it it's not just me we are obsessed with it as a team is he able to
0: punt he back practicing punt
4: uh, he has he's, he's done some on his own. Um, I have he hasn't been back out at practice yet though. So we're, we're still monitoring that. When, when you look at the four
0: quarterbacks who are in these final four, three of them are 24 and under, you know, just, why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, using the jail
4: probably your example in this case. Well, you know, I think that's, well, first of all, I think that's great for this league that You're 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 seeing like it it feels like the more guys that play quarterback at a high level in this league, the more exciting this league is. Now you, you as an opposing coach, you might not always want to say, "Oh, shoot, this guy's," you know. But um, the more the more guys that are good at that position, though. You know, it makes the game exciting. It really does. So it's great for the league. It is, it's great. I love seeing quarterbacks develop and, you know, because it's, it's, it's what you grew up. It's what I grew up watching. Like, oh shoot, there's Dan Marino and, and Joe Montana and Jim Kelly. Like, like those, those were the guys. And it was and and it's just good to have, uh, you know, more guys performing at a really high level. And I, and I and this year, I don't know. I don't know why it is that way this year. I, I what was it last year? Do you know what it was last year? burrow mahomes brady and stafford so it was a little bit of a mix i don't know sometimes it's just the ebbs and flows of the the year the teams and all the different things like that but you know it's good it's it's exciting to have uh you know these some of these young guys go against each other and i know you know again i don't know much what's going on in the afc except for the teams that are playing there but they look like they got a really cool rivalry going on there um with burrow and mahomes um and then we got two young guys in the, in the NFC. So um, it's exciting to see uh, good young quarterbacks playing playing good football. I think that's really good for the league.
0: Two more, please. Right. Talking with Dallas. Right. Right. Right.
4: Right. I'm not looking at you right now, so I'm looking at John. <laughs>
0: talking with Dallas yesterday. <laughs> he, he was talking about the huge tape, how you guys make him a better player. And, you know, you've talked about it before. You put up Keenan Allen or something. I was just curious
4: from that perspective. Do you ever – do those guys ever make it on the teach tape? Oh heck yeah. AJ, do your heck yeah. Make it oh yeah. That? The uh the teach tape is ever evolving. It's 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 forever, you know, forever changing, right? And so one thing I always say to them is like, like there's always they know if I'm gonna put up a certain route, like they know what one's coming up. on you know, they they know like all right, he's gonna correct the the curl right here. All right, here we go. We're gonna see this. I, I don't even know what the first curl is. It doesn't matter. Um, but you know, we, he, they know they're gonna see this route versus this this look. And so, what I always say to them is like, run a good route, and you you overtake the T shape. You'll forever be on the T shape. Well, that's not acu- actually true because number one is always being able. You know, the first the first look's always gonna be the very best look. And and so yeah they they always can overtake because all you're looking for though John is you're looking for an opportunity. So when you make a correction on a tape, you, you talk and you go over the tape and you're looking at it and, and I can tell them, Hey, when you're running this route right here, turn your foot to turn your foot a little bit in. Um, make sure that your, heel, your, your arch is pacing back to the quarterback. Make sure your body's bent, your arms are pumped, uh, your body's bent, your nose is over your toes and you get, you don't make a waste of step and you put, drive back to the quarterback and you use your length. All right. I'm getting a, very into that, but I can say that all I want. I got to be able to show them we're visual, right? We're visual. Like, if some, if a coach, I think that's where that came from. Is like when a coach said stuff, something like that to me. I'm looking at it like this, and I'm, and basically I'm closing my eyes and I'm trying to visualize that. What a great example to be able to not, not really say much, say what you want to say as you show on the tape. And so, to answer your question, for a long answer um, because you know I like to do that sometimes. And Bob's about to cut me off. To 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 answer your question there, you do that because you want them to see and feel what you want them to do, right, and how their body needs to move so they can be efficient in their route. What makes their run so they Yeah, really good players and really good coaches. I think, um, you know, they have a good scheme. They play hard. They tackle well. Like, they can defeat blocks, right? You talk about football, right? Who's going to block? Who's going to tackle? Who's going to – like, those are the physical parts of football. It's blocking. Tackling, protecting the football, taking the football away, getting off blocks, right, block, you know, blocking not just the offense line but everywhere, and they do those things that are re- re- like I- when we talk about a receiver. The requirement of a receiver is to. Catch the ball. Good. You've heard me enough. And you knew that anyway. All right. Well, it's the same thing. When you want to play tough, physical brand of football, it, it, it's, it's tackling. It's, and so why I respect their coaches so much is because you can see their players playing with great energy, great effort, um, and with great fundamental detail uh, with defeating blocks and, and tackling. And so a lot of respect there to their players because they got really good players and their coaches because I can see that they're really coaching the detail.
1: Nick Sirianni today talking to the media. You know, I'm a little bit past now, all the respect being thrown back and forth. Let's go out there and hit each other. Right? Everyone's for a whole week now said, oh, I respect the other team. Well coached, really tough, talented, deep, all that stuff. And it's true. I mean, it's, it's all obviously real. The Niners and the Eagles are two of the best rosters in the NFL. ESPN ranked the 100 best players in the league. 19 of them are on these two rosters. There's a reason for that. They're well built. They are 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 obviously well coached and fundamental and talented and all that kind of stuff. Now let's go out there and play. Like now I'm at the point now where I am ready to play this game on Sunday, and and I can't wait for the Eagles and Niners to kick off at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon at the link. All right, coming up next, is Jason Kelsey actually ready to retire? I've assumed it all year. Today for the first time, I thought maybe not. We'll get to that. And Mark Randy's going to join us. Mark is part of 95.7, the game out in San Francisco. He's going to join us to preview this game. What are they saying out in San Fran? What does he feel? Mark Randy joins us next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch